Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or, toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, If you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hello and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I am Kate Spencer. And I'm Dori Shafrir. And we are not experts. But we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. And hello and welcome. Hello. And just a quick reminder, before I forget, that we now have a page on our website with promo codes. I By used popular it demand. very recently oh, to yeah? send, yeah, a friend was asking about suitcases oh, well. and I was talking about how much I this is not an ad no hashtag I, I, not an ad hashtag not an ad I have three away suitcases <laughs> and a carry out like a, a day bag I really like my away suitcases suitcases what's going on over here I really like my away suitcases and so I sent them our promo code oh well look at you yeah I mean uh, hopefully yeah hopefully they buy one great great suitcase not an ad um anyway wow that was that was a lot just to kick things off with. It was, but 
We're here. We're ready. I'm happy to be here with you. Yeah. How you doing? I'm great. I've been up since 4 a.m. I've had two breakfasts, jumped on a trampoline. I'm living my best life. You really are. I, I'm I'm going to crash in approximately two hours, right? Do you think right? you'll nap? No, no, I don't nap. Oh, okay. I mean, unless I'm like, re- something's really going on. I don't like, I'm not a big napper. Mm-hmm. I might meditate. Ooh. I probably won't do any of it. I like getting up at four in the morning. You just woke up. You didn't well, set your alarm. No, I woke up at, well, here's what's, can I backtrack? Yes. I attended a new moon circle. Uh-huh. Because the new moon happened recently. Sure. And one of the activities we did was kind of set an intention for this lunar cycle. Okay. And my intention that I set was to kind of really have my, like, create space where my mornings, where I get up early, I really savor the quiet of my mornings, I have my coffee, I light a candle, I read... And that time is really for me. Mm -hmm. And I have been over the past two years getting in a rhythm of going to bed earlier, especially this year, going to bed earlier and waking up earlier. And I really like it. Mm -hmm. I set that intention. I put it out into the old universe. Yeah. And lo and behold, it really came back to smack me in the face this morning. The universe was like, get up. It was like, bitch, wake up. Yeah. Uh, You know, at 345, my husband got up to use the restroom. And then I got up to use the restroom. And when I came back, Lucy the dog was squarely in my spot on the bed, like just sitting there. So then I spooned her mm-hmm. as if she were a breastfeeding baby. <laughs> it was very tender. Wow. I was like spooning her. She was like literally curled into me like a child. And then I was like, this isn't com- like, I'm not comfortable. Right. Like, what am I doing? Yeah. This is also, not. This is a dog. <laughs> That's the second important point. (laughs) But then I just got up and I just was like, you know, I'm going to start my day. I got up. I read. I had my coffee. I lit two Cozy Nights candles that Mm. I recently purchased from Target. And I listened to music, which I don't normally do. And I had a great morning. That is lovely. What time did your family get up? Uh, 6.45. Okay. I had breakfast at 6. Then I had, again, my second breakfast at 9.30. But that's like basically lunch. lunch. Yeah, it felt great. The challenge is I'm going out to dinner tonight at 8 p.m. Oh. So I'm a little nervous as to how that's going to go. But, you know, a lot of snacks. Oh, I'm going to snack all day. I'm probably oh, going to need some green tea. How it's going to go because you'll be staying up so late. Yeah, this yeah. is, it will be a, f- yeah, a long time. Yeah. But anyway, I feel really good. I love that time in the morning. That I sounds love, so nice. I treasure it. Do you sit inside? Do you sit outside? Right now, inside because it's co- cool here in LA. Yeah. Um, but sometimes I do go outside, mm-hmm. uh, which I also love. I love hearing the sounds of the birds. I just love that time of day. And I am a night, tradi- uh, traditionally, historically, I have been a night owl. Yeah. So this is all very new to me. Yeah. But I really, really love that time of day because I feel awake. Whereas at night, like I really do start to feel tired around 8 PM mm-hmm. and can feel my body winding down. So rather than crank myself up at night, I'm really kind of just honoring the rhythms I'm feeling mm-hmm. inside my body. Who am I? Wow. What's happening? I'm loving it. Thanks. I'm loving this for you. <laughs> well, thanks girl. <laughs> so yeah, so that's what, uh, that's what I've done today. That sounds really nice. It has been nice. And as you know, I like I L.E.K. fitted again today. Yeah, you are loving this L.E.K. fit. Look, I don't know. 
It's so it feels very Hollywood to enjoy the Ellie K Fit workout, but I love it. But they also don't they also have a streaming they do component. A, a listener actually encouraged me to do it because I think they're a streamer. Mm-hmm. They do have a streaming component that I believe is a, around twenty dollars a month. Okay, where they have workouts for you to stream, which I've not done. But I really the classes don't hurt my body, and it's such a revelation that I can't stop going. I love this. I was bouncing on the trampoline, and I was like, "Nothing hurts. Why is that? Normally, my back hurts so much." So, look, inventor of the trampoline, thank you. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to calm down, Dory. How are you doing over there? Well, you know, I have a warm compress on my boobs. I mean, I am aware because I have been here experiencing this with you today because you have mastitis. I have mastitis. Which, what is that, Dory? So it is an infection of the boob that seems to just sort of happen. It can happen if like bacteria gets introduced into your boobs. Is it only happening to women who have milk in their breasts or can it happen no, other, uh, it to anyone? It can happen otherwise. It is quite rare. It usually happens to women who are breastfeeding or pumping. Um, and it starts with like a clogged milk duct. So a couple days ago, I woke up and my as I say, like my boobs woke me up because they were engorged, which hadn't happened in a long time. Like engorged boobs usually happen in the first like month or two of breastfeeding. So I was like, huh, this is weird. And then last night I noticed a telltale red area on top of my right boob. And I took a picture of it and I texted it to my sister and I was like, am I getting mastitis? And she was like, yeah. So I think I caught it early because I didn't have a fever or any, like you also get flu-like symptoms, um, chills and whatnot. Aches. Aches. Um, And so I I just, I, I need to shout out my primary care providers, One Medical, which are across America, apparently. I believe they are across America. I googled them because you were raving about them. I was them. raving about them. Um, you pay a small fee each year, and then they are just like they they like guarantee that your appointment will start on time, like within five minutes of How your do scheduled they time. Do that I don't know. It is sorcery, yeah. but they do it. You can always get a same day appointment. Um, they have a lab there. Like I just really like them, and so last night. Um, I was like, I was texting with my sister and I was like, should I go to urgent care? She's like, well, you don't really have that many symptoms yet. Just call your OB in the morning. And then I was like, my OB is kind of a shit show. Like if I'm able to get in, it will, it will definitely be a long wait and it's in Beverly Hills and it's just like annoying to get there. So I was like, let me see if I can like make an appointment on the one medical app, because by the way, they also have an app. Hashtag not an app. I was just going to say that. <laughs> We are also not sponsored by we One Medical. We are not sponsored by One Medical, but listen, if One Medical wants to sponsor us, please. Um, and then when I went onto the app, I noticed that they had like a video chatting option. And I was like, well, let me try this. So I tried it within like five minutes. A very nice physician's assistant named Katie got on the line um, and I showed her the top of my boob. 
over video chat. over video chat wow. and she was like yeah looks like mass seems like mastitis so she prescribed me some antibiotics she you know uh sent the prescription over to the walgreens near my house within 20 minutes i was at walgreens picking up the prescription that's great so like that whole process it just like was a big relief that i didn't have to you know, wait and see and then call my OB in the morning. I could just like get the ball rolling mm-hmm. quicker. Um, however, my left boob right now is is not in a great mood. Wait, is it in both boobs or is it just the left boob? So the the red markings were on the right boob. Oh, yuck. But now, your but left now my is- left boob is like feels clogged and huge and hard (sighs) and i just tried pumping out the clog and it didn't really work as kate observed um and now i have these breast things on that they're filled with like it feels like rice and you can heat them in the microwave and then they become warm compresses like any sort of lovely rice is there a lavender scent i do love a lavender there is not a lavender scent um but you can also put them in the freezer and they become cold compresses Mm. for boobs specifically they're made for boobs yes they're which is cool yes i remember what they're called they're called bamboobies (laughs) you know There are so many boob puns to be had. There really are. I I will say just at first, I had never seen a boob compress before, but I liked that the area of the nipple and areola did not have the st- anything yes. in it. Yes. So you wouldn't heat or freeze. Yes, exactly. Your, your nip zone. Yep. Yep. Well, I thought that yep. was very intelligent. Yeah. Um, Way to go, so- bam boobies. <laughs> so I'm using those. I also have these... Um, lactation massagers that heat up <laughs> dory is a gearhead but for boobs, <laughs> but for boobs. i would literally dory was like <laughs> i was like let me go get my massage i was re on dr google reading about like oh we you know massaging and heating and dory's like oh i have a boob massager and comes back <laughs> with a tool that massages boobs it looked like a little vibrator yeah but it was a boob. It was for it was braider. made expressly a boob braider. Boob braider. Yeah, made expressly for boobs. Um, I don't know how well they actually work, but they feel kind of nice when you're pumping to have this like heat and massage going. I just love that you have all these goodies. I mean, because lo and behold, they're coming in handy. They are coming in handy. I used them a lot in the first couple months, and then I hadn't had occasion to use them recently. And now I'm like, oh. So mastitis kind of sucks. I'm on, I'm taking antibiotics four times a day for five days and hopefully knock on wood, it won't get worse and I won't get the flu-like symptoms because everyone who has had mastitis has described it as the most painful thing they've ever experienced. So I don't want to get to that point. I've had it, I had it a couple times mm-hmm. and I had the flu like symptom, like yeah. a fever and stuff. I don't remember it as the most painful thing mm-hmm. I've ever experienced, but it's not fun. Yeah. And it's also a hard thing to articulate about what's happening to you. I feel like, yeah. like a, it, it's it's hard for people who have not experienced to understand what a clogged duck in a boob is. Totally. You know totally. Anyway. Um, but it is very painful. Well, I'm um, sorry you're going through that. Thank you. Thank you for understanding. I enjoy being here to empathize and to also just like witness the parade of 
healing tools. Let me get out this other thing. I mean, truly, <laughs> what's going to happen next? And not that I'm t- taking pleasure in your pain, no, but it has it. been informative it. and fun to I just it. watch you have all these Well, things. also, I do think that all of the technologies surrounding infants has changed so much in the last few years. Indeed, it has. Yeah. So I, I imagine it's a little interesting for you to just kind of observe. Well, Dorga, I will say what I mentioned to you is a solution that you chose not to go with. But if anyone else is experiencing this and doesn't have a bambooby, <laughs> is that you can fill a diaper with warm water and use that as a compress on your breast. That sounded kind of nice to me. Yeah. I don't have any diapers at home anymore, but maybe I'll borrow <laughs> one from somebody and try it out. Um, Kate, I also want to hear about your meal planning situation. Oh, Dory. I had like a therapy breakthrough this week. Yeah. Where I realized, so Sunday mornings, I get up and I meal plan for the week. And I sit on the couch with my coffee. My husband does the New York Times crossword and I plan our, our meals, which we both cook. I like, I share the dog. Okay. And I'm, I'm always like, anyone, anyone want to put in any requests? Yeah, I was wondering, like, how does that work? Do you get input? My Anthony will eat literally anything and my kids want box mac and cheese or mcdonald's for every meal so i take that feedback (laughs) and then i do with it what i will um no but i i really like it's become a habit yeah i have been doing it for about a year this kind of consistent meal plan with the same document and i've this weekend i was like i really enjoy doing this it gives me comfort like i like figuring it out I love knowing what we're eating. Mm-hmm. It's made my grocery bills go down immensely because I also will um, try to use up what we have. Yeah. So I'm like ch- making sure to check everything so I'm not buying, you know, more chicken breasts when we already have right. eight chicken breasts. And, and I'm just, it's, I've noticed a significant difference in my spending on groceries. Um, my family eats dinner together every night now and we all are eating the same thing which is kind of a feat for us and that has been really great now does everybody like everything every night no but that's the dinner and i try to make sure there's enough different kinds of things that somebody can eat something and it's been really it's just been like a really joyful experience that's awesome it's taken a lot of trial and error and it's not been fun all the time and i also kind of realized that my all the work i've done on my disordered eating has correlated with meal planning. Oh, interesting. It's been really interesting because I was definitely going through times where I was making separate food for myself versus for my kids. A lot of times I'm saying just for myself because my husband's work schedule has either taken him out of the house and put him in another state or he would, he'll work till very late. So Mm -hmm. oftentimes it was just me and my children having dinner together. And I would like make myself zucchini noodles, you know, that kind of stuff where I wasn't letting myself eat certain things. And so this kind of experience of cooking and enjoying food all together has been, I'm going to say it, really healing. Oh, yeah. It's been healing, Dory. And I made a document with 20 recipes that I shared with some friends who were overwhelmed by the idea of like feeding their families. And I will share it. I'll make a shared doc. We go to share your checklist too. Yes. We gotta just well, make we a shared, whole drive. We shared that last week. Right, excuse me. Yeah. So we shared your checklist. So I will share some recipes. It's very basic. I don't enjoy cooking. Mm-hmm. I'm not a person who loves spending time in the kitchen. Yeah. I find it stressful. 
and a means to an end. And I want it done quick. So, but I have, but I have things that my family eats now. How long does the average dinner take you to make start to finish? I would say it's an hour. Okay. Not like the meals themselves. Some of them probably take 30 minutes, but there's the like getting the pan, like time stuff adds up. Like you take two minutes to go yell at somebody, you know, it just like normally it's about an hour from like beginning the process to like sitting down to eat. Um, but I, sometimes I plan ahead or I instant pot or crock pot or I do short, I'm a big shortcut person, mm-hmm. frozen rice from Trader Joe's, mm-hmm. the mashed potatoes at Costco mm-hmm. are great. Mm-hmm. I love a shortcut. Hey, I'm right there you with know? you. I'm not interested in like taking the long way home here. No. Mm-mm. But I totally respect that some people, for some people, that is what they sure. want to do. And that's great. Yeah. And also that can save even more money, you know? Yeah. I do um, know. So... Yeah, it's been really it's been really positive. That's awesome. It's very weird. I don't know myself in a lot of ways. I think I said to you over text that doing this podcast has changed me so much for the better. Yeah. <laughs> Did and I say that so recently? Happy. Yeah, you said that yesterday. I don't think I would be doing any of this like kind of introspective work on myself if it wasn't for this podcast. Well, and as you texted that to me, I had just started my closet purge. I mean, we got to get into this purge. So, I mean, it's <laughs> right. You just randomly started doing your closet yes, the other day. Yes. Well, it it was my intention from last That's week. That's right. Pardon. Because I wanted to only have stuff visible to me that actually fits and was, that I enjoy wearing. How did that go? It's, I mean, it's still sort of in progress. I have all the stuff that's in my closet right now is stuff that fits and that I enjoy wearing. Great. Um, and I filled a garbage bag of stuff that I'm going to bring to a clothing swap in a couple of weeks. Um, and then I have another pile of stuff that I want to sell. Okay. Like on Poshmark or mm-hmm, Instagram mm-hmm. or whatever. And then I have another pile of stuff that I'm going to put in storage. Oh, interesting. Like treasures to save. Like stuff that I was like, you know, I do really like these jeans. They don't fit right now. I'm going to put them away. I'll revisit them in a few months. If they still don't fit in six to nine months, then I will get rid of them. Um, that's kind of my thinking I there. Think that's really, it sounds like you're doing that in a way that there's no shame or judgment for on, you. on, on yourself. And I should also say that I am not, I am not dieting or, mm. you know, consciously trying to like, quote unquote, lose the baby weight. But I do see my body has already changed a little bit since I had the baby, like since my immediate postpartum period. And I do think that it will just sort of naturally continue to change a little bit. And so I'm reluctant to do a a complete purge and rebuy of things. Um, So there are some things that I decided to keep. However, I will say not as many things as I thought I would keep. Interesting. Like I ended up getting rid of more stuff than I thought. Good for you. Thank you. Um, so that felt good. I still, I do want to go through my shoes. I didn't go through my shoes yet, but I, I went through my whole closet. The other thing I need to go through like my dresser and, you know, go through like t-shirts and stuff like that. Um, but I feel like I made really good progress yesterday. Oh, that must feel great. And it felt really good. Did it lighten that kind of feeling weighing you down a little bit? You know, that feeling. For just like, sure. Oh. Yes. And just now knowing that I like look at my closet and anything that I can see is something I can like put on my body and feel good about mm-hmm. and not be like, 
oh, I wonder if these fit or, you know what I mean? Or try to wear them and they're uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. So that feels good. And then, you know, there were a couple things. There were, there were a few things that like I didn't think would fit or didn't think would look good. And I was like, oh, this actually looks pretty cute. You know, so that was fun. Um, yeah. So it, it was a it was a good exercise. It wasn't I think I was a little worried it was going to maybe be like depressing. But was it healing? It was a little bit healing. Look at us. Yeah, look at us. Healing this week. And, you know, I also, I I have not done meal planning to the extent that you have at all. But this week I did on Sunday make a couple batches of food. Love a Sunday batch. That, yes. Like, and that felt really good. So one of the things I made, oh, I also, I also decided as a vegetarian, I really need to up my lentil intake. Mm-hmm. They're so good for like, you. Like I, I felt like I wasn't getting enough sort of like fibrous mm-hmm, mm-hmm. legumes. Enough fibrous zhuzh, if you will. If you will. And I do. Um, so I was like, what are some good lentil recipes? And then I was like, oh, mujadara. I love mujadara. It's a uh, Middle Eastern dish with like rice and lentils and it has crispy onions on top. Oh. Sounds delicious. And then you eat it with like, I, I eat it with like plain Greek yogurt. Um, mm. You can eat it with like labna mm. or, you know, another salad or something. Can you share that recipe? Yeah. So, well, the recipe that I, that I made from Cookie and Kate, and I, I normally love Cookie and Kate. I didn't love this recipe, but it came out, everything came out a little mushy okay. and not super flavorful. And so there's another recipe I'm going to try from Food 52 um, that that I also like cross reference with a couple other Mujadara recipes on the internet that I think uh, is a, is a better recipe. So I'm going to try that recipe, but I, there was another recipe from cookie and Kate that I made that I loved. That was a salad. Oh, that was a very tasty and filling salad. It was a shaved Brussels sprouts and arugula salad with sunshine dressing sunshine dressing is just something she made up but it's like this really thick creamy dressing with yogurt yum like yogurt is the thickener and then it has um, dijon mustard it has garlic it has honey it has olive oil salt and pepper um and it's really good the dressing is really good and then the salad had like goat cheese dried cranberries toasted pecans um and maybe it's the Brussels sprouts, but it was like something was very filling about it. Like I didn't think it would be that filling. I was like, oh, I'm still going to be pretty hungry after I eat this. But I would have like a salad and a little bit of mujadara, and it was like really good. That sounds like heaven. Yeah. So I was like, okay, all right. And then last night I added, I just added some avocado to the salad for a little extra protein. Yum. Yeah. Well, look at you. Look at me. I am intrigued by, I've never done this, but there are people who like one Sunday a month cook for like 14 hours and make like all this kind of bulk batch food that they then like cook in the crock pot as the weeks go by. Have you ever heard about people yes. doing this? Well, you know, when I, when I was really into crock pot stuff, this was pre-instant pot. Um, I did a lot of research into like people who make like pre-make uh, cro- like Ziploc bags yes, full of crock pot yes. stuff and then they just dump it in the crock pot. Yes. 
I never got there. First of all, I don't have the freezer space. No, me neither. You um, need like one of those. You need a deep freezer, yes. I think. Um, but it's intriguing. I mean, I don't love the waste of using all those Ziplocs. Mm. Um, so maybe if there was another storage solution. But yeah, I'm I'm intrigued by I'm intrigued by that. I don't think I could ever do it. I don't either. But I love like as I kind of like take steps further into my meal planning. Yeah. There was this ambitious part of me that was like, what if I just cooked everything on Sunday and then we just reheated it each night? And I don't I need to figure this out better. But I was I, I, there just feels like there's more out there. Oh, totally. I in mean, the you world can, of meal planning. You can get deep. Yes. I'm kind of excited to keep. De- look, this is far down the road for me. But it sounds know. like you're already pretty far down this road. I have made some decent strides. Yeah. Whereas I can actually cook a meal that everybody will eat. That's a big That's accomplishment amazing. for me. Um, I have to just take a note because oftentimes, so listeners, we write, we have like a shared document for each episode and Dory and I each go in and kind of like write our own life updates. So we remember and then we can see them. And then I, you know, I just happened to have noticed one at the bottom of Dory's. <laughs> Often we do this where we like write these big paragraphs about what's going on. And then there's like one sentence that's like, oh, hey, I'm also doing this other thing. Turns out Dory has been playing a lot of an iPhone game. Yep. That is so not you in terms of how I understand you. I know. What iPhone game are you playing? Okay. I feel like I need to tell this whole story. So on my other podcast, Mandory's Excellent Adventure... We got a new advertiser a few weeks ago, and it was a game. A game wanted to advertise on our podcast. Cool. This game is called Best Fiends. <laughs> what? Not Best Friends, Best Fiends. Okay. And as part of the ad, they were like, they really wanted me to download the game and actually play the game. And I was like, you know what? Of course. Like, I I should do that. I should, you know, know what I'm talking right, about. Right. So you can really speak to the product. So I can really product. speak to the product. Right. So I download the game and I was like, oh, this game is actually pretty fun. And then I like kept playing. They were like, we really like you to get up to like level 20 or something. And I was like, okay. So I like get up to level 20 and I was like, this is pretty fun actually. I'm just going to keep going. So (laughs) I keep going and now, (laughs) now I'm like really into it. It's sort of like, I mean, I never played Candy Crush. I never did either. I... It's probably similar to Candy Crush in a way. I don't know. I find it somewhat like it's got elements of Tetris. Not totally, but like it's a it's a it's a strategy game, but with like fruit (laughs) and and little fiendy characters. What level are you at? Um, I think I'm on like 115. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think it's 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 quite fun. I have to say that is really funny. I love <laughs> that you were supposed to try it out for like a work related thing and then end up getting. I mean, very into it. That that's an endorsement, don't you think? Yes, <laughs> it worked. It sure did. Um, all right. On that note, let's take a pause. Let's take a little break. 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events, there's weddings, there's nights out, it's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Superpower Short. The Superpower Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that thing every day. I do too. Uh, It's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me let me just tell you why. Yeah, get okay, into it. Hey, do you want to tell me why? <laughs> no, no, I was just going to say like I I I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires and just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, "Oh god, like get this off of me." <laughs> No, thank once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see how also, it could like, be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic, intelligent people on this podcast, but I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year, I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like, I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year, I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm hearing those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes, Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden 
or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually... Actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince. But it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie. Also from Quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. It, it, like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I, I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from thirty dollars. You got washable silk tops, really stunning fourteen karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Our guest today is Elizabeth Klein. Welcome to the podcast, Elizabeth. Thank you for having me on. Hello. Hello. Um, So I'm going to read Elizabeth's bio. She is a journalist, public speaker, and the author of Overdressed and now The Conscious Closet. Uh, Her writing has appeared in the Los Angeles Times, The Atlantic, The Nation, and The New Yorker, among others. She's an expert on fashion industry waste, runs a clothing resale business, and is the director of research and reuse at Wearable Collections, one of New York City's largest used clothing collectors. She lives in Brooklyn with her partner, Joseph D. Rowland, of the band Paul Bearer, and their cat, Lily, who we just heard uh, (laughs) saying hello. (laughs) Um, yeah, so we're so excited to have you on. I loved your book. Thank you. It was, it's so great. So practical and smart. And I just loved all the advice you had in it. Um, so 
I'd love to just kind of go through some of the things that you talk about because I know that shopping more consciously and um, you know, wearing more ethically and sustain ethical and sustainable clothing is really important to a lot of our listeners. Um, so we're, we're very excited to talk to you about this. Um, so I guess I wanted to start with, and you talk about this in your book, the components of a conscious closet. Um, and I was hoping we could just kind of go through those. And if you could talk a little bit about how you kind of came to, uh, this, combination of things. Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, just, just to kick things off, like, I mean, the main thing that I wanted to do with the conscious closet is make sure everybody, everyone feels like they can participate and Mm -hmm. that they can build a conscious closet on whatever budget they're on, wherever they live, whatever their style is. Because in my work, I just, I feel like I talk to people all the time who say, oh, I can't shop ethically because it's expensive. Um, And I just wanted to change perceptions and make sure that people feel invited to the party, so to speak. Totally. (laughs) Yeah. So you want to talk about the components. Mm -hmm. Um, So should we just start with... um, yeah, well, I mean, already in your- <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you have these categories for keeps new to you rentals, quality, mm-hmm. better, big, better, big brands and conscious superstars. Um, sure. So I'd love to just sort of go through those categories. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the, the, a lot of the book is real is based on, um, you know, sustainable shopping Mm -hmm. and making sure people don't just think that sustainable clothing is a $200 organic outfit that you see in a boutique, you know, that's, that's certainly one part of it, but, um, really the most sustainable thing we can do as consumers is extend the life of clothing. Mm -hmm. So that really informs the whole book like all of these different ways that we can make sure clothing is not being used as a disposable product, which is what it currently is being used as. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So yeah, the first component is, um, I can't remember how I, what the title of it is, but it's basically like wearing what you've got. Yeah. Um, and there's also a whole chapter in the book about, um, you know, putting together a wardrobe. Yeah. And I think those two pieces of the book go together really nicely. Um, because sometimes you do have to do, do the work to build a functioning wardrobe and then you can keep what you've got because that's, that's what I had to do. I had to sort of like my old fast fashion closet, nothing went together. You know, I didn't really have a lot of good good outfits. I didn't have a lot of versatile pieces. Um, but that said, I mean, we all have closets full of clothes. So the first step really is looking at what you've got and being like, okay, what can I keep? What am I happy to keep wearing? And then what are those pieces that might work if I repaired them, altered them, or maybe just paired them up in a, in a new way with something else in my closet? Yeah, I love you. When you talk about the closet purge, I love that your system is kind of different from 
what we've all heard like a traditional organizer talk about when we talk about closet purges, which is like, you know, take everything out of your closet and go through it one by one. And you're like, well, no. <laughs> um, yeah, right. Because I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get people to think about, um, you know, be mindful of, first of all, the, the garbage that you might be creating if you just purge your entire closet and like strip it down to the hangers. We have this perception that, our used clothes do good in the world that they have somewhere to go. And I, I mean, you know, I, I can't explain the whole thing on the, on this podcast, but that's not always true. Right. Um, you know, charities are totally overwhelmed by clothing donations. They're only able to sell 20% of what we give them. Um, and then the rest ends up for the most part being exported to other countries where it is then sometimes also put into landfills because there's just too much of it. With the conscious closet clean out, um, I'm trying to get people to, to not just think of their clothes in terms of single items um, and to start thinking of your clothing as a wardrobe. So a cohesive collection where everything works in tandem, because part of the reason why we don't wear our clothes is because we're often shopping based on low price and we're shopping based on trend. And then it makes it really difficult to incorporate pieces into the wardrobe. So the conscious closet clean out is different than a traditional clean out because one, you're trying to kind of carve out, um, get rid of pieces that don't work with the collection and also try to build the foundation for your wardrobe and simultaneously make sure you're really careful about how you get rid of things so you don't produce garbage. Yeah. I love this quote you have, um, where you say building a conscious closet starts with greater awareness and the next garment you purchase, not by feeling guilty about the ones you already have. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. People are, are, um, and I used to be this way too. I remember when I, I, um, after I wrote my first, uh, book overdressed, I found myself in this place where I was like, Oh my, what am I going to do? What am I going to wear? Um, and I felt all this pressure to have this ethically perfect wardrobe and that just really, we just need to take that off the table because one, uh, Clothes are expensive. It takes a long time to build a a wardrobe of any type, and an ethical and sustainable wardrobe is something that should be done slowly and carefully over time. And that's good news for consumers because that means you don't you don't have to expect to open your closet tomorrow and it's done. <laughs> it's a journey, you know. Right. Yeah. So, oh, sorry, go ahead. And no, I wanted to just touch on a couple of the other components about the conscious closet because you have new, yeah. new to you, which has been an area I've been getting into more, which is swapped, mm -hmm. borrowed, handmade, hand-me-downs, resale, secondhand, thrifted, and vintage. And that to me feels like a great, mm -hmm. a very inclusive space for a lot of people. Cause and that's a good entry point. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. And I think for those who haven't tried secondhand recently, it's also important to explain how different the industry is now. Um, you know, there are 21 billion garments sold in the United States every year and they don't, <laughs> they don't get worn <laughs> very often because there's, there's just a lot of clothing in circulation. Right. And so what that means is that you've got um, resale online resale companies like ThreadUp and the Real Real, who've essentially gone out and curated the best, gently used, and in some cases, 
never worn clothing in circulation. So it's really secondhand shopping is not like it was when I was growing up. I was I was a teenager in the late 90s. And if you were shopping secondhand, that meant you were buying something from the 70s or you were buying like a T-shirt with like holes in it or, you know, um, you know, grandma had cleaned out her her closet and everything looked really dated. That is not what secondhand shopping is like today at all. Unless, of course, you want it to be that way. Resale, the, these resale platforms, online resale platforms are, are incredibly curated and they have all of the brands, the designers that people are shopping for anyway. So not only is it accessible from a price standpoint, secondhand shopping now allows people to buy better clothes. So it's kind of like, why would you buy that, um, you know, that $5 H&M tank top when you could get something better on a website like uh, thread up or the real real or Poshmark or Depop or whatever it is, like whatever secondhand platform you prefer. And then what about this better big brands closed by brands and retailers on the path to being green and ethical? Do you have, yeah. do you have like a list that you keep of those and how do you evaluate if a brand or retailer is on the path to being green and ethical? Yeah. I mean, honestly, we could spend, <laughs> we could spend a whole episode talking about that. So I'm going to say a couple things about that. One, the fashion industry is behind in terms of labeling clothing in a way that consumers can um, easily identify sustainable and ethical products, right? Like it's not as easy as it should be. And people are constantly asking me, how can I tell when a company is greenwashing? And even for an expert such as myself, sometimes I find myself having to dig to answer that question. And wait, sorry, but, just for, for listeners who might not know, can you define what greenwashing is? Yeah. Greenwashing is when companies make environmental claims, like they say their, their products are quote unquote natural or eco-friendly, or they might even go into greater detail than that. Like this is organic or this is ecologically preferred, but there's nothing to back up those claims. Um, so the consumer is left confused as to whether or not that the item is um, legitimately more, more sustainable than something else. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, but there are tools. Um, and I think that, that there are, Labeling is getting better, but right now my favorite tools for telling, identifying those better big brands, one is an app and website called Good On You, which ranks major brands on their environmental and social performance. Every company is ranked from not good enough uh, to the middle point, which is it's a start up to, um, I think, great is the the, the top uh, ranking uh type of brand. And so that's where like using this uh, service is where you can start to tell which brands are um, on the road, right? They're, they're doing something instead of nothing. And my favorite example is Forever 21 versus H&M, like for Forever 21, which just had to, you know, file for bankruptcy protection. They're notorious in the, in the fashion industry for doing absolutely nothing to be more sustainable or ethical. That is a good example of a company to avoid 
Whereas H&M has consistently tried to use more sustainable materials. They audit their supply chain. They make sure that there's not, you know, slave labor, child labor, all of these things that you just as a consumer do not want to support, right? Um, And a a tool like Good On You is going to show you the difference between those two companies. Um, I always tell people it, this, the point is not to be a purist, you know, just even shifting your money away from fashion companies that aren't doing anything to those that are doing a little bit better matters. And it matters a lot. It puts pressure on those companies that you aren't doing squat to step up to the plate. Um, and so the other tool that I would that I would recommend is Fashion Revolution, which is a consumer nonprofit that, uh, you know, is trying to transform the fashion industry into a better industry. They put out something called the Fashion Transparency Index every year that also ranks companies. Um, and I mean, what you'll find on these ranking services is the same companies that kind of rise to the top over and over and over again. Um, I think you, you asked, right? Like who, who are the the better big brands? Um, right now. And I just, everyone needs to do their own homework. Part of being a conscious consumer is, you know, there's a little bit of homework. Sure. (laughs) So (laughs) go out, go out and do your own research. But, um, H and M and Inditex, which owns Zara, they're the, and ASOS, those are the kind of best players in the fast fashion space. Hmm, Interesting. There are a lot of um, outdoor brands that have done a lot of work. Um, Adidas uh, always rises to the top. Patagonia and the North Face um, have done a lot of cool stuff around sustainability. And then uh, there are a lot of denim brands who are ahead of the curve. G-Star Raw and Levi's both do good work. And then there are just like just such a flourishing of small companies that are, um, you know, more ethical and green. And some of my favorites are uh, Nudie Denim, Mud Jeans. Um, uh, let's see. Abel, which is a brand out of Nashville. Um and then I think, you know, two that I mentioned in the conscious closet are uh, uh, Eileen Fisher and Reformation. Although I would I would say that those tip more into the conscious superstars category, which we can talk to talk about as well. <laughs> well, I'm curious about, you know, your your talk. You're discussing Zara, H&M and ASOS as being mm-hmm. kind of the best of the fast fashion brands because it seems like the definition, the very definition of fast fashion means that it can never be sustainable or, you know, environmentally conscious. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, shouldn't we just be avoiding those brands altogether? I think that that's a decision that consumers have to make for themselves. Um, you know, I wrote Overdressed. I wrote the original kind of, you know, expose on fast fashion. So personally, I do not shop at fast fashion chains, but a lot of consumers do, and that is not going to change. Right. right? So, um, I want to point out that there is a vast difference 
between a fast fashion company that uses the lowest cost supplier, regardless of whether that supplier is using toxic chemicals, um, whether that supplier is, you know, discharging their wastewater directly into a river and using, um, you know, forced labor and not paying overtime. That still happens in the fashion industry all the time. So a company like H&M, by contrast, is very committed to their suppliers. You know, I'm not saying that they're perfect, but um, we have to remember that there is a huge spectrum of behavior in the clothing industry. And uh, the like punishing these these really these bad offenders i think is like the number one goal right you can't be you should not be able to be in the clothing industry and like pollute openly and use child enforced labor like that can't happen um and the other thing that i also want to point out is that i think that fast fashion companies get a little, they get too much blame heaped on them when pretty much every big clothing retailer makes almost as much product as a fast fashion Hmm. company. And I'll give you the example of Nike. They make more than 1 billion units of product per year, which is what about how much H&M makes. Zara's parent company makes more like 1.4 billion, but uh, there. I just want to point out that they are they are not the only comp- uh, companies overproducing clothing. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older, and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad. They're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm, Okay. Which is visible on my (sighs) neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, One Skin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like creppiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their Mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here Mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving. That sun is coming at us at all times. One Skin believes the Amen. purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and, more importantly, acting younger for longer. 
Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We wanted to ask about the environmental impact of buying clothes in terms of the fabrics that we're purchasing. Is, mm-hmm. is there you know, a more sustainable practice when it comes to specifically buying polyester or cotton? Is organic mm-hmm. cotton actually a valuable purchase to be making when buying clothes? Um, right. So, same with things like leather, wool. Yeah. So I'm of the opinion that we need to make all fibers more sustainable and that every material we buy has has a place and a function in our lives, right? Um, Like, it's hard to imagine buying a bathing suit um, without synthetic materials, for example, like jeans. I think the best jeans are made out of cotton. I think the best shoes are made out of leather. So the way my philosophy in the book is like explaining to everyone, how do you buy each material in your wardrobe more sustainably? So what is that more, more eco-friendly cotton? What does that look like? What is the more eco-friendly polyester? What does that look like? Um, and it's, I'll admit it's somewhat complicated, which is why I have this whole chapter dedicated to that. And I like break it out for each material. Um, but in general, I would say there are a couple of like overarching rules for buying uh, buying fibers or buying uh, the materials that our clothes are made out of more sustainably. And the first is recycled content is always a good thing. So if you're buying polyester and you see that something is made out of recycled polyester, That's great because that means that one, there wasn't any, um, a lot of people don't know this, but polyester is made out of fossil fuels. So you don't want virgin fossil fuels going into textiles. That's bad. So recycled content is always a good thing. Requires less energy and less resources to make. Um, The second thing is that, um, yes, organic materials are better than conventional materials. Um, and organic standards, those apply to natural fibers only. So you're only going to see an organic claim standard on your wool or your cotton, um, or your silk. Um, so yeah, organic standards matter. They're kind of difficult to find, but I think that they're valuable when you do Uh, you do see them to support them. Um, And then another thing to look out for is uh, chemical certifications. You don't want nasty substances, nasty dyes, toxic um, ingredients in what you're wearing. Um, So you can also look for uh, safe chemistry certifications like blue sign, Um, cradle to cradle is another one. And then 
Okotex is an is another really popular one, and I'm just gonna spell that because I know it sounds strange. It's O E K O hyphen T E X. There are there are more layers to it, but I, those are those are just some things that people can look out for. Great. I mean, I I was very inspired by your book, um, and I'm definitely going to use a lot of the tips that you have in here. I especially love the concept of the outfit building day and making your own lookbook. Mm. Um, Because you're right. I don't think about my closet in terms of outfits. It's just Mm -hmm. kind of individual pieces. So sort of, I always like to talk about reframing the narrative on this podcast. Um, So kind of reframing the narrative of my closet, um, I think will will really help get me towards Mm -hmm. a more conscious closet. So thank you for writing this book. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you got a lot out of it. The outfit building day is, I, I mean, in my own life, been so transformative. Um, I don't, I think, I don't know when that stopped being a thing that people learned, like how to build a wardrobe, because now we're just not taught the, these things. And I really think that it's a basic life skill that once you, you kind of get down, like makes it just makes everything so much easier. Like yeah. I've been traveling, traveling a lot and I, I already know what goes together and uh, what looks good together. So instead of me rushing out to shop because I feel like I, I don't have anything to wear, now I know how my how to like pair up my clothes, yeah. which is really cool. Or stand in yeah. front of your closet and feel like, oh, I have nothing to wear. I oh, hate my yeah. clothes. <laughs> um, yeah. So kind of getting beyond that. I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting beyond that. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, Elizabeth, it has been such a pleasure talking to you. I feel like we could talk to you for hours, yeah. but uh, we will <laughs> let you go. Um, where can people find you who are maybe interested in learning more? Um, I'm pretty active on social media. I like I like Instagram. So um, they can follow me at Elizabeth L. Klein on Instagram. And then I also have um, a lot of fun stuff stuff up on my website, Elizabeth Klein books. And then, um, I use Facebook and and Twitter too. So all, all the social medias I'm on. And of course, you know, I have, I have two books, so please buy the conscious closet. Um, but if you're new to the subject of fast fashion, might want to check out that earlier book overdressed as well. Yeah, for sure. And we should also say that's Klein C L I N E. Um, yes. Like Patsy. Yes. (laughs) Are you related? I wish. All right. (laughs) Um, Well, thank you again, Elizabeth. Thank Um, you. Such a pleasure. I felt like having Elizabeth on, on the day that I I talked about my closet purge was appropriate. I totally agree. I mean, this has been something that I feel like you and I have been exploring uh, since starting this podcast for a very long time um, and figuring out how to really embrace I mean, dare I say conscious consumption? Well, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. And we've talked about this on the podcast before. It's like you stop having to purge if you rein in your purchases in the first place. Yes, which we ha- neither of us have done. Correct. Let's be very open about that. Yeah. But it is really inspiring, I feel like, to reflect on it more. I agree. Um. So how are you doing intention-wise? Well, the zits are... I still like to pick at them. I mean, I, I 
I've to- I've talked about my yeah. zit picking. Like I totally empathize. I mean, I made a new discovery, which is a pimple right on the inside of a nostril. Oh yeah, you ever had one I've of had those? those. Those are very satisfying. To I'm, get out. Tr- I'm like honestly can't wait to go home today so I can like figure out how I'm going to get. You it. might need a tool. Do you have one? No, but like a tweezer. You could try a tweezer. I mean, sanitize if you want. Yes, but... or I could just leave it. Or you could just leave it. So I, 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 my zits are getting a little bit better. I have to plug. Can I plug a holy grail product? Yes, that I think is helping. It's the H's for Love Pollen Illuminating Mask. It has this colloidal silver, which I think is um, like helps with bacteria. And I love this mist. I spray it on all day long. Kate, you love a mist. I love a mist. Dory, I have a mist in my bag. I have the Cowdly. I love that. Raisin water. I grape water. Yeah, I love that spray. Some sort of water. Yeah. Um, but I love this. I love this mist. I feel like it's really kind of helped heal my little zit wounds. And I have finished the bottle and I'm going to buy another one. Wow. So if you're looking for a product endorsement, this mist, and it's a, it comes out in a very fine mist, which is mm. what I need. Anyway. So yeah, I, you know, I worked on it, but I do love to pick. I love to pick. All right. I get it. Um, what are you up to this week? Well, I think I want to set up a little altar. Okay. Next to my bed. Okay. Now, this is because I was very inspired by my noon, new moon gathering mm-hmm. with four other women. And just feel like I want a little place to have a little moment of reflection. Nice. Light a candle. Yeah. Say a little prayer. Maybe. Okay. Something. What I are you going to put in the altar? Well, I have, you know, I I have had altars before. Okay. And I I like an altar space. I think it can be a, a really kind of cool way of just having a special spot in your home, no matter how big or small. That's just for your own like personal connection. Yeah. Um, doesn't, it doesn't even need to be a spiritual necessarily. Um, but I'm going to probably put, I think a candle, perhaps some sort of like fresh flowers, Mm -hmm. maybe a photograph of loved ones, like my mom and my grandmother, people who inspire me that are no longer with us, maybe a crystal. I don't know. It sounds lovely. Just something I'm thinking, like I'm going to, I need to clear out some space as I continue to kind of organize and declutter. In doing that, I create spaces where I can have positive things, Mm. right? Like I can get rid of the piles and put like a nice little altar space. Yeah. So that's just something I have been thinking about. Good. So we'll see how far I get this week. Okay. Dory, we've already addressed the fact that you lived your intention. (sighs) We have. And I, I, yeah, I fully lived it. Um, and, you know, my intention this week is to continue exploring the world of lentils. Tori. I really, this really makes me laugh, but I want to say that I think that's wonderful. And I have some, lent, I have some recipes for you. I can't wait. There was a, there was a lentil recipe that I used to make years ago that I think I have in one of my like recipe binders that I really liked like a lentil stew. Mm. So I'm going to unearth that. I love a lentil soup, but I also want to explore the different types of lentils. Oh, you know, like there's like black red. lentils. Yeah. yeah. So, and they all have different purposes, different tastes, different textures. I'm just very excited about lentils. The, the world of lentils. <laughs> the world of lentils. <laughs> oh, this is where we're at. 
This, this is where we're this at. Is where we're we at. are full fucking the the sweaty balls lady right, right yes, now. Yes. The world are. of lentils. I'm exploring the world of lentils. <laughs> we are those characters. Just the lentils. <laughs> the world of Some lentils. lentils. <laughs> um, don't my my one of my mom's most favorite like the one of my most favorite things that my mom made is a lentil and brown rice kind of soup stew Ooh. that we would eat the day after Christmas. Oh. She would make a big vat of it. Yeah. Put a lot of Parmesan cheese. It's a Jane Brody recipe. Okay. And I will send you a snapshot. I can't wait. And I will include a link because um, I have found it on the internet as well. I mean, like a lentil burger. I've not, you know, honestly, the more as I'm eating more plant-based, I also want to try to make a lentil or a bean burger. I've never done yeah. it. I've only like, bought it frozen. Right. Why can't we do it? You, there's no reason why not. Yeah. I've been threatening to make chickpea cakes for like two weeks and oh. I just haven't gotten around to okay. it. It's become kind of like a recurring joke between me and my husband. But I'll send you that recipe as well. Great. I can't wait. Um, I also just want to say for a lentil hack, Trader Joe's has great pre-made lentils. Mm. You can just buy in their little like refrigerated vegetable section. Good hack. You know what? It all comes back to Trader Joe's. It really does. Thanks, Trader. Thanks, TJ's. <laughs> Hashtag not an ad. Not an ad, but you know what? Boy, wouldn't that be wild? Oh, that would be amazing. Okay. Okay. We've done a lot of not an ads on this episode. We have. Anyway, listeners, we love hearing from you. Hit Dury up with those lentil recipes at 781-591-0390 or email us at forever35podcast at gmail.com. You can join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash forever35podcast. The password there is serums and there are so many spinoffs. There are. That you can join. It's really cool. It is really nice. Uh, and if you enjoy the show, please do leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Please tell a friend or... Uh, if you really like us, you can mention us on social media as well. And a reminder that all products mentioned are always on our website, forever35podcast.com. And you can follow us on Instagram at forever35podcast and on Twitter at forever35pod. Wow. Yeah. That seemed like something I would do. Yeah, well, you're oh. rubbing off uh -oh. on me. Um, you know, Forever 35 is hosted and produced by you, Dory Shafrir, yeah. and by me, Kate Spencer, and produced and edited by Sammy Junio, and Lane Hammer is our assistant, and we really thank you all so much for listening. Bye.